I'm Will Young, and I have worked in several different job environments ranging from lawn care to corporate sales. I have graduated from Indiana Wesleyan University with two majors in marketing and administration, and you're listening to the Young Blooded Podcast, a 30-minute to one-hour audio experience teaching you how to start a side hustle or advance your career through actionable steps and real-life stories from experienced business owners and investors. Please enjoy the truths, mistakes, and laughs of the Young Blooded Podcast Experience. Welcome back, Young Bloods, to another episode. We are super excited today because we have uh, Evan King, who is a sales representative at Health Markets, a personal friend of mine from Indiana Wesleyan. He also did some cool communication with some of the sports teams uh, there at Indiana Wesleyan and was actually operating as one of the, um, as a commentator, was it, for, for Indiana Wesleyan? Yeah, did some uh, did some PA announcing, some commentating, as well as other random stuff in the sports information office in my time there. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, good memories from Indiana Westlude for sure. Yeah, yeah, man. Because I remember being in the crowd and like hearing like a uh, voice. I'm like, that sounds kind of familiar. Who is that? And I look over, <laughs> like, oh, it's Evan. He's, he's uh, talking over there. So right on, man. Yeah, and you also work with the Grant County uh, Young Professionals Network, or GCYBN, which is pretty cool. Uh, works a lot with Special Olympics and that type of stuff. Love to get into that later, but first, I would just like to thank you for coming on the show, uh, give you a quick introduction as far as all of that stuff, and then also just would like to end by saying that um, for our audience and like for me, honestly, after college, what what does life look like for you? Uh, bring us up to speed on some of that kind of stuff, and then maybe if you want to get into that, what would a regular week look like for you? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I uh, really appreciate that love tuning in and hearing all the insight from from everybody that you've been able to have on your show it's it's super cool to be able to engage after college and uh, see how everybody's doing so for me I <laughs> we, we graduated in the middle of COVID right so uh, the opportunities that were there were a lot more limited I think um, my whole game plan was to go back and get my master's in business that way I could um, continue my pursuit of being a sports information director. That's what I went to college for. That's what I thought I was going to do after college. And uh, I started, well, during COVID, you know, went back home and I was working for my family's seed company um, while I finished up school and then did that through the summer because Indiana Wesleyan had a job freeze. Um, the school said they couldn't hire anybody new until they figured out, you know, what COVID was doing if we were going to be back in session. So I was jobless, right? <laughs> like a lot of other people graduating college during that time. Same, my job taken as well, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we, you know, it was kind of that sink or swim type thing. I knew I didn't want to continue working for my family seed company. Like, it would have been a great opportunity. I love my family, but seeing, you know, the family business and all that stuff, I just knew I didn't want to do that after college, so. Um, I got a call in the middle of the summer while I was submitting application after application from my boss at Indiana Wesley. And he's like, Hey, you know, I begged and pleaded, prodded, whatever. He's like, I got permission to hire you. So I went to Indiana Wesley and again, um, pursuing that sports information. I was doing grad school, uh, working about 70 or 80 hours a week as a grad assistant in the athletic office. And to be honest, like, looking towards getting married and all that stuff is like, I, I first need to make more money and I second need to have more time. And then the third thing was like, 
I was so miserable because I was trying to do my work, trying to keep up with the schooling and stressing out about getting married and not making any money. So I was like, I need to change something. And that is quite a bit to deal with at one time. I, I, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just like freaking out. And I knew my, my now wife, we were just engaged at the time, but she wanted to go back for occupational therapy school. So I was like, okay, <laughs> two people going to school, recently married, not making much money, like not even enough to survive. We would have been going in massive debt. And I was like, I don't really want to start our marriage off that way. Um, I was completely fine putting my schooling on hold to let her chase, you know, that dream. So that's kind of how I've landed with health markets. Um, it was kind of, it was a great option for me at the time, uh, be your own boss, a hundred percent commission. And those things excited me. I was like, you know what? I've been used to working 70, 80 hours a week. If I can throw 70 or 80 hours a week into a hundred percent commission type role, it's going to be great. Oh well, yeah, for sure. I, I found out pretty quick that it's not that easy. <laughs> um, so I, I've grown a lot, I think, from that, from graduating college till now and just learning that, you know, adversities are a really good thing. Um, the first, the first year or two years in any sales role is going to be the most difficult for sure. Um, and so building, building up that book of business and, you know, building up the trust. I, I work with a lot of people who are retiring early or going into Medicare, that, that space. So, you know, 55 to 68 year olds, do they really want to hear about their health insurance from a 24 year old? I mean, that's, that's the sort of stuff I was dealing with. Yeah. Uh, building up that rapport and reputation. That's probably been the most difficult thing, but also the most rewarding thing over the past, you know, year and a half, almost two years now. Um, and that's that's kind of what's happened after college in a you know kind of a streamlined sort of way but yeah no and i see that you're still doing health markets so that that shows that you've had some success in it if you guys are both still you know doing education type situation and uh and have expenses you know i'm sure you do as as most married couples do so all things considered i know you mentioned COVID as well uh how would you rate those years after college overall not just career but all things considered you know one through ten what would you say you're looking at yeah i mean Cause it's not always a 10, right? Like so I'm trying to get at is like, right. not everybody's yeah. life is always a 10 all the time. Like it's never like, yeah. That. And I, yeah. I would say it's definitely not been a 10. I yeah. mean, the, the first year after college was really kind of tough. Um, not having a closure on college was like, you know, what, oh, yeah. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. You know, it was super were those, were those last four years a waste, you know, that those, all those thoughts were there, but um, I was also excited that summer about getting engaged. I, my, oh, yeah. I've prayed my whole life um, for for somebody to come into my life that would compliment me and that God would want me to, you know, be in a relationship with and get married and start a family. So, you know, that was a super exciting time um, after some, you know, not not great relationships or just relationships you thought were something that weren't. And so, you know, my wife's my best friend and having having her has been you know the biggest blessing ever so um just starting our life together has been awesome um with her finishing up her senior year there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff uh, that happened during that time that was you know frustrating and we were questioning mm-hmm. like what was going on um 
but being able to, you know, become stronger together has been awesome. So I think in the midst of like the struggle, there's been a lot of growth and I, I wouldn't have, <laughs> I wouldn't have handled it nearly as well without my wife by my side. Um, but yeah, pers- personally, everything's, you know, awesome. feel like we're, we're in a season where we got to be patient and waiting a lot of things like my wife's in school. So starting a family is not probably the best idea. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, professionally trying to jumpstart a business and putting a lot of time and energy into that probably not aligned with starting a family either, but the, the job we're most looking forward to is being parents. So yeah, um, just, just waiting for that stuff to kind of align. Um, and professionally, like, I, it's probably pretty transparent, but like my parents, uh, combined household income is probably never over a hundred thousand, um, at all. And so for me, my, I was looking forward to being SID making 40 to $50,000. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I thought that was going to be great. Right. Great starting. I think I've, I've grown up a lot over this past, over this past year. And in that, because as a, as a Christian, as a leader, as a businessman, like I know the influence and the, the power that their money's the greatest tool that we have if you use it in the right ways. And so I've really learned a lot about that in seeking out counsel from other people that are 20, 30, 40 years ahead of me and that are successful. Um, and that might be having a lot of money or not having a lot of money, but just how they're being able to influence the community we're in and influence the business world specifically. Um, really seeking them out and learning from them how to manage that because my parents did a great job managing their money, but managing a hundred thousand dollars is a lot different than managing a million dollars. Oh, for sure. So, mm-hmm. you know, not that, not that I'm making that much money, not yeah. even close, but it's just learning, you know, if my, if my life is going to progress that way and I'm going to start businesses and have success and help the community, it's like, if you're making that much money, you can help a lot of people. Yeah. So learning how to do that and how to be a good steward of time, talent, treasure, that's probably what I've learned the most in this past year. Mm-hmm. And so learning that while you don't have very much, I think it's going to be the biggest blessing and have the biggest return long term. Because if you can learn to live off a little, but you're making a lot, <laughs> that leaves a lot of a lot of room to help people. So yeah, that's what and a I'm lot of room for investing as well for future help yeah. and to self-sustain so that you can keep helping in the future. So very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And I think that was a, a cool point you touched on earlier about how like within that struggle, you've seen the growth because that was a big thing for when I moved down to Texas and started the, the mowing and all of that. And I've seen a lot of that within my friends as they start their first jobs or go off to do a startup is they've like, they've said that like they've run into so many problems. They didn't even think it was possible that there were this many. And then yeah. because of that, they've made changes in their life. They didn't even know were possible. So like, that's to me, like where the real success is happening. And so that's a really cool point you touched on. And I think that's really cool that you've found that. And I, I hope and pray that a lot of other, my friends find it as well. Cause it's uh, something that's hard yeah. to do. And I feel like it takes a year or two of struggle just to, to kind of get to that point almost. Definitely. Um, yeah. It makes it a lot more rewarding when you get to that, that point. And it's like, I still feel like I'm pushing the snowball up the mountain for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but getting, 
you know, getting ever closer to the peak. Like that's probably the hardest point to push it up outside of getting it started. Yeah. Um, But getting that point where it's almost going over the top and going to just start being seamless, it's, it's scary, but it's also, you know, the anticipation of getting there. That's kind of what I was talking about being patient too. Um, I was at, I listened to somebody talk this morning. He's the CEO of Vera Bradley. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about um, just being patient and how uh, verse in Exodus talks about how God just gives us one thing at a time, one piece of information at a time, because if he gave it to us all at once, it would devour us. Mm-hmm. And so I really feel like I'm there right now. Like I'm so anxious for what's coming and trying to be patient in that when it's so exciting has been really tough. So yeah. That's that's another thing I'm learning right now. And well, and I think that, that you would agree with this. Like, crazy. oh yeah, no, for sure. And I think that you would agree with this as well. Like us too, as like men that have these ambitions and stuff, it is difficult sometimes because we think we can do more than we can. And right, you know, yes, you said God knows the path and how that's all going to go down. And so He's trying to give us just what we can chew, and we're like, no, nah, no, nah, we're, we're trying to run when we can't even, you know, walk yet. So that does exactly. happen at times, and uh, it happens a lot for me. I'd say. Uh, but to get more into like the the day to day into the the work and the industry type stuff within yeah. insurance, what would you tell someone that's uh, kind of trying to start work within the industry or maybe start their own firm? However, they're kind of unwilling to commit. They're a little unsure, you know, things like that. What what advice would you offer to them? What would you tell them? What would you say to stay away from things like that? Yeah, I, I've I've really liked the industry. Before I got into it, I really didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm licensed to do health insurance, life insurance, and Medicare, as well as supplemental. So your hospital insurance, accident, like AFLAC is what people normally think of, but yeah. So being, being able to do all those things is really awesome because I can help anybody on the health insurance space. So health markets always starts us out just licensed in health supplemental and life. And then after you get the grip on that, you add in Medicare. Mm-hmm. Uh, Medicare is a whole different beast. And uh, you really have to know your stuff to be able to help people the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's really it for me is everything I do. Like, yes, my job is sales. Yes, I have a commission job. But everything that I do is about helping people. And I really don't feel like I'm selling anything. Um, yeah all my meetings with people, it's, they tell me what their doctors are, prescriptions are, you know, past health issues, family history and their lifestyle. And then from that, I'm able to be like, Hey, this is what you need. Yeah. And you know, from there, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, I I really want to help them the best I can and then see, you know, see how affordable we can make that. Mm -hmm. And it's all about helping people in every aspect. So Sometimes the cheapest option is what's going to help somebody the best. Sometimes they're going to have to spend a little bit to be protected the right way. And Mm -hmm. um, of course, that's the most difficult part of my job is when somebody needs to be protected a certain way and they can't afford it. Um, Then we, you know, we tweak stuff and then, you know, hopefully, you know, knock on wood that they don't need to use it. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I tell people that all the time. They're like, why do I need this? I was like, if we could see it in a, you know, crystal ball and know that you're going to be okay. Like I would tell you not to buy this too. Yeah. Yeah. But, but on the off chance that you, you know, fall off a ladder or, you know, slip and fall on the ice or get sick, end up in the hospital somehow, like 
you need this and mm-hmm. it's going to help you out. So yeah. that's, that's the, that's the beauty of my job. I really just get to build relationships with people and get to know them and their families and provide them with the coverage that's going to help them. And being a man of integrity and honesty, it's huge in this industry because there are so many people who are in it just for the money. And I think that setting yourself apart from the competition is showing people that you truly care about them. Mm-hmm. Everything that you do from the moment you're dial like making cold calls all the way through when you're making your biggest sale, like every single piece of that is caring about your client. And if you show people that, uh, the, I mean, the opportunity is endless there. Yeah. So that's really how in, in my first year in the industry, and this is what I tell somebody it's, if you want to make fast money, you know, the insurance industry, whether it's property and casualty, health insurance, whatever, it's a great space to get into. You can make mm-hmm. a lot of money really fast. Yeah. If you truly want to build long-term wealth and you want to build a business doing things the right way versus doing things the easy way, the right way is always going to pay off. Like I, I probably didn't get off to the fastest start um, when I was starting out. And that was because I just, well, I didn't believe in the products that I had. I didn't see how it was helping people, but then I was able to build up a really good client base that I was helping the right way. Well, then now in my second year, like I've seen how the products work. I've heard the stories. I've, you know, realized that I really wasn't helping people very well my first year. Mm-hmm. And it's because I wasn't, I thought I was helping them because I was saving them so much money. Yeah. Then they get hurt and then they don't have anything to pay it with. Yeah. So yeah. Now I'm at a different spot where I believe in, believe in the products, believe what I'm selling and able to help people truly the right way. Mm-hmm. It might cost them a little bit more than they they would like but um actually able to help them so that's that's kind of how i've grown in the business and i would just really tell somebody like in the start study hard um really really throw yourself into the products and find out what they do why they work how they work that way you know exactly what your client needs and it took me probably probably eight months to really figure out every single product that I have, that's how it's going to help people and that sort of thing to now being, I don't know, trying to figure out like almost two years mm-hmm. in the business. Um, now I know how every product works. I'm like, Hey, I, I can call one of my clients and be like, Hey, I signed you up for this product and it, it helped you at the time, but I have something better now. Yeah. And I know how these products work better. And this is really what we need to do. And so that's been the cool thing for me. Um, And that's what the advice I'd give to somebody that wants to get into it. Like Mm -hmm. you have to find your way to set yourself apart because there's hundreds, probably thousands, tens of thousands of insurance agents across the United States. Right. What makes you different? Yeah. Um, And then for me, like I really like the local in-person model. So anytime I can, I bring somebody into my office, but starting out like you're phone selling you're driving to people's houses and um that's that's a good opportunity too to show them like hey i care enough about you i'm gonna drive two hours to your house meet with you care care for you and then anytime you need anything you're calling me and i'm picking up my phone so yeah yeah, it's really a great industry um i've learned a ton 
and I will continue learning a ton because it's ever changing. But I, I'm super happy with where I'm at. And it boiled down to like, I just care about helping people. And this is a great avenue for me to, to be able to do that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. It's super cool to kind of hear your success and, and your stories and your lessons that you've learned throughout it. Um, I would like to also kind of touch on one of the points that you made earlier about how you said that your clients, sometimes they would, they, they'd like to take the, the cheaper thing that you offered them. However, it didn't actually end up helping them in the future. And that's kind of a way of some people can make fast money, I guess, doing the inverse of that, right? Where they sell yeah. way more than what someone has needed. And you were saying how some of those guys, they, they make really good money off the start and then maybe they start to plateau or dip down and then they maybe leave the industry or something along those lines is what I would assume would happen. Um, and I see that a lot with those guys and those guys think like, well, money talks and that's what I'm making right now. So it's working. So keep doing it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But in my mind, right. it's like you want to build the client base that you're looking to build right now, because then in years two, three and four, when you're really trying to make the big money and work with the big players, they've got good recs from all these guys next to them that are also big players. So in my mind, that's yep. how the long money, that's how that equation plays out in my head that you were kind of laying out with your words. Uh, would that yeah, be I mean, correct? If I take, if I take care of a hundred clients the right way for mm-hmm. two years, um, all those clients within two years are going to send me probably one or two, maybe more uh, right. referrals. Right. And so then my book of business doubles the next year, it triples the next year, you know, if it, if it can keep folding over and doubling each year, 10 years, like I have a really solid book of business and I'm doing things the right way still. And I'm helping in so many more people. If yeah. I, if I do things the wrong way and sell them as much as I can, or as much as will fit in their budget, um, you know, we're going to get to a point where my clients are unhappy and they're leaving. They're not going to tell their friends that, Evan King's, you know, the most helpful insurance agent. He really cares about protecting you. They're going to say, Evan King's pretty greedy. He's, you know, doing things like he got me insurance and he's a nice guy, but I'm paying a lot of money for this or he didn't take care of me, whatever that is, you know, you're not getting Mm -hmm. referrals. (laughs) So your clients might stay with you, but at at the end of the day, people are going to, are going to stay with you because they like you and they believe in you. Mm-hmm. Um, or they're going to leave you because, you know, if I sell them $500 above what somebody else is going to sell them, they're, they're going to go like anybody who's smart is going to go try to save some money. Yeah. Um, no, no. So. And I think that people, I would assume that people that are choosing you are staying with you long-term because they like it and they see all the things that you're doing involved with your own name and the industry. And I've seen a lot on LinkedIn personally, where you've kind of you know, you've been trying to create this personal brand around Evan King because you're an insurance agent, because, you know, that's kind of your business at that point. And yeah. what, what I've seen on LinkedIn is a lot of cool, like value ads within like, here's, you know, tips about the insurance industry that maybe people don't know normally, or this is what I've been doing with, you know, the, the special Olympics thing, or this is what I've been doing with the chamber of commerce, like super cool updates. And they're all with video. So it's really easy to consume that kind of content as I'm sure you're aware um, so, so keep, keep that up. Cause I, I know you've gained a little community on LinkedIn as well. I see over a thousand followers. So congrats on that. It's pretty cool. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Just trying to, trying to give back in any way I can, you know, if somebody else, when I get to be, you know, 30 years old and hopefully have a sales team and be where mm-hmm. my sales leaders at right now, you know, I hope to be able to give back everything he's been able to give to me to somebody else. that's going to be 24. And the, the coolest thing that just happened for me and my business is um, my boss has a 
sales leader, boss, whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. He has a tracker that shows our sales production from when we started month by month. Um, and he has all of our team that's been successful on that tracker. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just passed last month being the fastest growth of an agent. Oh, very cool. Uh, beat my yes. sales leader, beat, you know, some of the other people on our team. But the reason is I've had all those guys that have had that success before me help me and invest in me because they care more. They care more about me being able to help people than they do about me, like slowing me down in growth so that they can be the best. If that Mm. makes sense. I see. Yeah. More of a positive outlook on it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what sets our team apart. I think is like my leader cares way more about helping other agents grow than he does about his own success. And, you know, that's just a super cool thing that I've been able to experience um, through, through health markets. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. And I've seen a lot of sales companies, not with necessarily within insurance, but just in any sales industry uh, have a lot of, you know, snakes on the team or just generally teams that are really all looking out for themselves and past the training date, they're probably not willing to help you out or, or spend much time with you. So, uh, it is nice to be around that kind of environment because at the end of the day, you are working there 40 hours a week. And although you could probably deal with the other environment, this one is a little more ideal. Um, I would yeah, say, sure. you know, beyond that, what's one industry uh, myth that you would like to debunk within health or life insurance? Because I know there's probably a lot to choose from. Yeah, I mean, on the on the health insurance side, it's definitely that corporate or employer insurance is the best option because... Mm-hmm. It's not true. I've helped so many people save thousands of dollars a month switching from their corporate insurance to individual. Mm-hmm. Um, so if somebody like, I feel like your, your podcast is a lot about, you know, starting your own businesses, being entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. pursuing those dreams. Correct. If, if insurance is one of those things that's holding you up, I am more than happy to have conversations with people about how that's not true. Now, mm. I'm only licensed in Indiana and Ohio. So if you're in those states, happy to help. Yeah. But if you're outside of those states, the same principles apply. Like, it's it's amazing how much money you can save going individual versus through corporate. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is like, so many people I've encountered with think that $50,000 of life insurance is enough oh. or is a lot. Yeah, They're like, my, my company gives me $50,000 life insurance. So I'm good there. No way. <laughs> like if you have a spouse, what's 50 grand going to do for them, support them for the next year, maybe two years, depending on your style of living. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you have kids, like if you don't have savings enough or like 529 plans or all that stuff, and you only have $50,000 of life insurance, you know, Sally and Bob are only going to, they're not going to college with your help. They're going to pay for it themselves. Yeah. So I think, you know, really helping people discover how much life insurance they truly need and being able to, you know, mix whole life and term life to provide that solution for them. That's actually going to help them long-term. That's been super cool. And like, you know, going through college and learning about investing strategies, personal finance, accounting, all those things have been super helpful. Um, most of the most of the people that I 
work with did not go to college. Mm. Um, you know, they somehow stumbled upon being a health insurance agent at some point in their life. But um, that's, that's really the cool thing for me. Like I am thankful I went to college because I was able to learn some of those things in a safer environment where if I was failing, it wasn't causing my business to fail. Um, so I am thankful to do that. But then on the flip side, like if I would have started being a health insurance agent at 18, my book of business would be six years ahead of where it is right now. Yeah. So that's kind of the twofold thing is like, you're never too young. Um, I, I learned to just, the age thing doesn't matter. If I carry myself like a professional and I show them I'm helping them and care about helping them, mm-hmm. they don't care. Yeah. Now, I don't shave my beard because I look like I'm 12 if I do. And, you know, got to got to do some things to make myself look a little older. But right. I intentionally don't do that for job interviews and things like that, too. I'll keep a keep a little beard for the interview. Just yeah. I, otherwise, I do look quite young. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just one of those things that. Um, when you're young, there, there's some different challenges, just like when you're older, there's some different challenges, but mm-hmm. I've really, I've really appreciated, I guess, learning that if you do things the right way, your age doesn't matter. So like, if you're 18 years old coming out of high school and you're like, Hey, I want to get into real estate or I want to get into insurance, or I want to start my own landscaping company. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> like, yeah. If, if that's your dream and that's your goals, just go do it. Uh-huh. I mean, don't be scared of what what ifs. Obviously, plan smartly, but I think that's that's my biggest thing that's helped me is not fearing failure through this position. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah, if I if I fail this month and I don't make any money, yeah, that that sucks. Like, <laughs> I need to obviously make money to be able to live, but on the flip side of that, that's not failing if I learn from it. So I might have a month where I don't sell. And then the next month, you know, I'm going to work really, really hard and make some sales and help some people. Yeah. So that's the, that's the beauty of it. I think Mm -hmm. is just you're in control when you run your own business, you're in control. So if you're having success, like that's on you. And if you're failing, like that's on you. Mm -hmm. So you better learn from it and grow from it and turn your failures into successes. So yeah. And that's, I couldn't have said it better myself as just straight wisdom right there. <laughs> um, yeah. And from, from a lot of mistakes, I'm sure. Cause I, I've had the same, same type of a scenario with me when I moved down to yeah. mindful, mindful mowers in temple, Texas. Uh, it was a, it was a year about that I was doing that. Right. And everything Lord willing, you know, they went well and it was great. And I was really excited about it. And I ended up having an employer too, you know, under my belt and I'm, I'm working with all that stuff going on and about 11, 10 months in. And I'm like, man, I just don't enjoy it at all. Yeah. Like every day I get up and I'm like, maybe I could just not work today. I'm like, oh no, I need to get it done. Like, but I'm like, why am right. I feeling like this? Like everything's going right. I'm in charge of my own day. I'm in charge of these employees. You know, I got my dog. I'm yeah. here in Texas. Like everything's going great. But <laughs> for some reason I just wasn't with it and I didn't enjoy it anymore. And I, I could tell that because it was like two or three months of every single day getting up and being like, I don't really want to do this, but I know I have to. Yeah. And I was just like, I feel like this is just going to get worse as I scale. And there's a lot of other companies that are easier to scale anyway. So I ended up selling. But like you said, the worst thing that I lost after starting this landscaping, one, one company, whatever, um, was like a year and two months, maybe after traveling and everything combined. And then the planning, which was about two months while I was working at a regular job. So I didn't really lose that time. So like at the end of the day, it didn't work out for me. I was able to sell my business and make some money on it while I had it. 
However, I didn't do it long-term and now I'm here in Wisconsin, you know, making things work with personal training and scaling that business. However, you know, things don't work out sometimes. And at the end of the day, I lost a year of my life, but I gained a lot of experience and I learned a lot from those mistakes and, and changes and moving and all that stuff. So I wouldn't yeah, change it for the world. I would say those, those lessons that we've been able to learn <clears throat> post-college um, in, in working jobs, like you can talk about that stuff all you want to in the classroom, right? Yeah. But until we learn it, actually doing it, you you're like oh yeah like yeah do this business for a year and invest all that sweat equity into it and your personal finances personal yeah you're (laughs) you're investing into your business and you're growing and um all those things and it's like well shoot (laughs) like for you you're fortunate enough that you were able to build your business and sell it and everything went out positive and i bootstrapped it all so it was okay but at the same time i lost the time but i gained the experience so that's why i'm not really mad about it you know yeah yeah Yeah. and everything even if you even if you start a business and let's say you you invest twenty thousand dollars into it Mm -hmm. and then at the end of the day you you end up losing that twenty thousand but you gained all that experience still worth it i mean as long as you can learn from it and grow from it that's that's what entrepreneurship's all about. I mean, yeah. being an entrepreneur, we probably got thirty ideas going on at any given time, and it's like, yeah. okay, of ways to make money, ones, but they all need to be honed, and yeah, right. Which yeah. one's the now? Okay, this one leads to that one. This one leads to that one, and okay, maybe this one's not going to make me money, so I wait until I can, you know, yeah. start a nonprofit and give back that way. But yeah, it's just so cool being an entrepreneur because if you if you fail, right, worldly fail at something, then you can learn and grow from it. That way in your next business, mm-hmm. you know some of those things that didn't work and you're like, okay, do it this way. I already know that. And it's a lot less stressful in business number two, business number three, whatever. Yeah. And you're a lot more equipped and ready to handle those problems and like educated on how many problems there are. Because like I said before, like I didn't even think there were as many problems as I ran into throughout one yeah. year of doing a brick and mortar business. So, and it was, like I said, our max was three, three total employees for the company. So it's not even like we were that big, but um, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun to kind of look back at it now and, and all the things I did learn. And, you know, the times I was just like sitting in my truck, like, why am I still out here mowing lawns? But, you know, at the same time, it, it made me some money. And I, like I said, I did have a lot of fun experiences and yeah. quite frankly, I've had a lot to talk about on this podcast because of that work. Right. I would say I learned almost more than I did at Indiana Wesley and no knock on them, but that's, yeah. that's kind of how it, how it shaked out. So I would say that that is the case, but so, yeah, man, I mean, I, it's been really cool having you on. And again, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to kind of help uh, come over here and support the young blooded podcast show. Cause it's, uh, it's cool to see all the, uh, like I said, success that you've had early on in your career. And like you said, connect with guys like Colin foot and other guys that have graduated from Indiana Wesley. And uh, next week we have Spencer Roos. Uh, he'll be featured on there. So I'm sure you've, you know him as well. Um, but yeah, man, it's really cool having you on. And if you wanted to make any plugs or kind of share any links or anything that you'd like to say about your insurance situation, uh, you can go ahead and drop that now if you want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> thanks for having me on again. It's been, it's been fun getting to just catch up and yeah, just talk about, you know, life after college and how that, how that's looked. So um, the biggest probably thing I'm doing in my life right now is working with special Olympics. Um, mm-hmm. Special Olympics in Grand County is really cool and being able to give back uh, in that way has been awesome. So for anybody that's passionate about people who are marginalized or people with 
disabilities specifically. Um, Special Olympics is a really cool way to to give give back to your community, yes, but also to be impacted. Um, I, I got to mentor two guys through college uh, that were at Indiana Wesleyan that have participated in Special Olympics, and I I do not I don't know. It's it's just one of those things where they impacted me so much more than I've been able to impact them. And I know that for sure. Um, it gives you a whole new perspective on life and just how people are able to overcome whatever obstacle it is in their life. Um, but really to be able to see people who like the, the world labels it as a disability, mm-hmm. um, but really Mason Mesker, Indiana Wesleyan graduate coins it in the way that it's a specialized challenge. Yeah. It's not a disability. It's a specialized challenge. And uh, being able to firsthand witness uh, people with the with the worldly term disability, uh, flip that around and use that as a gift that they've been given to impact the world in a different way. Um, I, I think that's one of the coolest things. And being able to, you know, firsthand witness it has been awesome. So I would encourage anybody uh, to volunteer. Um in, in whatever capacity they, they choose to, but um, get a group of people together, go clean up a park or, you know, go volunteer at a soup kitchen or a, a clothing um, or a shelter, like a, I don't know what, I'm, uh, I lost the word. Well, as you're finding it, I, I did do one of those as well. And I just have to say that like, I did a value add project at a place called Fox Park in Texas. And okay. all the social media content that I made, which as you know, is it's kind of a quantity over quality type of thing right now. So I, I did over like two, 300 pieces of content. The most liked one, and it wasn't even close, was the single time I posted, hey guys, I did this value add project here at Fox Parts and I just a free project. I mowed everything down, trimmed stuff up and I took pictures before and after. And it got like yeah. twice the likes anything else ever did. And it's like, man, so just doing stuff for, for free to help people out is actually what people are looking for nowadays. So I would agree with that hundred percent, man. Yeah. And, and Mason Metzger actually came on this podcast and talked a lot about that yeah. specialized challenge and said a lot of the cool things he's getting into at highlight recommend people listen to that episode. Cause if you're thinking about yourself and you're lucky enough to not have a specialized challenge, then, you know, you should really be doing more because Mason's doing more than even me. So I would say right. he's, he's getting yeah. it done, you know? Yeah. Plug, plug to Mason, any yeah. follow Mason Metzger on LinkedIn. Motivational and- Mason, some call him too. Yes. Yes. Follow him because good gravy, man. He's got some good stuff and he he's so intelligent and making the world a better place everywhere he goes. So mm-hmm. I'm a big Mason Mesker advocate. I'm glad. I, I think I remember listening to him on here. Yeah. Episode uh, five or six or something. He's pretty yeah, he, early on. Yeah. He talked uh, at first Fridays too in Fort Wayne and he's just so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's really all I got. I mean, yeah, I'm a health insurance agent, but I'm just trying to impact the world and uh, impact the kingdom of God. That's if, if somebody can't see, see Christ in me or through me, I'm doing something wrong. So um, yeah, I just hope that, hope that people were able to hear that today and get to know a little bit more about health insurance and uh, some of those myths, right? <laughs> yeah. Get those out of the way. Yeah. Well, and also if you guys have any other questions or, you know, any myths that you think Evan could debunk, you know, don't mention to DM or don't stop to mention to DM him on uh, something yeah. on LinkedIn or something like that, because he definitely has a lot of good content on there as well as, you know, I've never been able to message him and he hasn't responded within the day, 
with something that I've had, I've asked him a lot of questions about, you know, content creation on LinkedIn as well. And he's been able to help me out with some of that stuff. So just a wealth of knowledge around the, around the globe. And he's, you know, going to be a father soon, I'm sure as well. So adopting all the responsibility and setting the right (laughs) example for, for everybody else. I love it. All right, man. Well, I'm sure we can check in in a year or two and have you back on and see how insurance is working out for you then. So uh, yeah. Again, it was love to, love to have you on and uh, Youngblood's money in your 20s is knowledge for life. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Young Blooded Podcast. Now that we are on season two, there is an active newsletter along with a bunch of other giveaways and challenges. This will be happening on my LinkedIn page, which will be linked at the top of every episode for the foreseeable future. Money in your 20s is knowledge for life.